What are some of the things you put priority on? Your work? Leisure time? Travel? What about prioritizing your faith? Why should we do that? The Bible has the answers. You're listening to the podcast version of God's Message magazine. Today's topic is where your treasure is. A person's preoccupation with or emphasis on material objects, comforts, and considerations with indifference to or even rejection of spiritual things is known as materialism. To say that we are living in a materialistic world is to state the obvious. This is not something that should come as a shock because the Savior long ago described the materialistic leaning of people in our times. I quote, When I return, the world will be as indifferent to the things of God as the people were in Noah's day. They ate and drank and married, everything just as usual right up to the day when Noah went into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all, and the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and brimstone rained down from heaven and destroyed them all, yes. It will be business as usual, right up. To the hour of my return, unquote. That's Luke 17, verses 26 through 30, Living Bible. People during the times of Noah and of Lot went about their daily business eating, drinking, and getting married, and were indifferent to the things of God, materialistic, before destruction struck them. Likewise, people will exhibit the same materialistic attitudes on the days before Christ's return. Can we witness this being fulfilled in our time? American historian Diana Butler Bass, in her book entitled Christianity After Religion, The End of Church and the Birth of a New Spiritual Awakening, shared this observation. I quote, on Sundays, other things are more interesting. The New York Times, sports, shopping, Facebook, family time, working in the garden, biking, hiking, sipping her book entitled Christianity After Religion, The End of Church and the Birth of a New Spiritual Awakening, shared this observation. I quote, On Sundays, other things are more interesting. The New York Times, sports, shopping, Facebook, family time, working in the garden, biking, hiking, sipping lattes at the local coffee shop, meeting up at the dog park, getting the kids to the soccer game, or just working. With tough economic times, lots of people work on Sunday mornings, the traditional time to attend to religious obligations, page 17 of her book, unquote. Sunday, which traditionally is the day of the week when religious people go to church and devote themselves to God, has now become more of a day for oneself. Relaxation, leisure, 
self-indulgence. Apostle Paul warned Timothy of this, I quote, You should also know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and have no interest in what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act as if they are religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. You must stay away from people like that. Unquote. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Even some religious preachers or pastors are joining the trend. An article entitled, Local Church Getting Into the Seahawks Spirit by Eliza Jaff was published on January 8, 2013 on uh, comonews.com. I quote, in honor of Seattle's playoff run, one local pastor will trade in his church robe for a Seahawks sweatshirt during Sunday's sermon. Pastor Ryan Meeks has faith in the Seahawks. He doesn't worship football, but he is canceling Sunday morning services at most of his East Lake Community Church campuses and plans to complete his own sermon by kickoff. Instead of a standard service, Meeks will bring in tents and coolers, and East Lake will become Beast Lake for a congregation tailgate party. Unquote. The pastor of another congregation in the state, the Bridge Church, made this announcement quote, Attention, Seattle! All church services in the greater metro area will be moved to 7 a.m next Sunday. This assures you are home in time for kickoff and the Seahawks are all prayed up." Unquote. That's from heraldnet.com. Churches change service times to accommodate Hawks fans. An article written by Gail Feige. Take note of how the church services were moved to give way to a football playoff. Similarly, it's not unusual nowadays to see church services being held at shopping malls. The rationale could be, well, if people are not going to church, then the church is going to the people. An Italian weekly news magazine, Seti, made this grim admission that explains this recent development. Quote, here is the spiritual x-ray of Italy. The church was reopened Sunday for Palm Sunday after months of closure. It was closed from Christmas and remained so until before yesterday, unless for some funeral host due to lack of offerings. The arms were no longer enough to pay the bills for electricity and heating. So the pastor has barred the door." Unquote. Word of advice to Christians? In the face of this prevalent materialism, Christ gave his warning to his disciples, quote, Be careful, 
not to let yourselves become occupied with too much feasting and drinking and with the worries of this life, or that day may suddenly catch you like a trap, for it will come upon all people everywhere on earth. Be on watch, and pray always that you will have the strength to go safely through all those things that will happen and to stand before the Son of Man. Unquote. That's Luke 21, 34-36, TEV. The Lord exhorts the true Christians to be circumspect during these times, to be careful not to allow themselves to become occupied with too much feasting, drinking, and with the worries of this life, lest the day of judgment catches them like a trap, meaning they will be caught unprepared and therefore unworthy of salvation. Apostle Paul echoed the warning of the Savior, I quote, So, be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Unquote. That's Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, NLT. He cautioned the Christians against going with the flow and conforming to the standards of this world. He strongly counseled them to live as wise, making the most of every given opportunity to do what is good. The good that Christians should endeavor to perform is the word or commandment of God, as mentioned in Romans 7.12. Hence, although it is good to be diligent at work or to pursue education, one must not lose sight that he ends up neglecting or even transgressing the teachings of God. Christ exhorts us, quote, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Unquote. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, NIV. How do we store up riches in heaven? Apostle Paul explained, I quote, Command them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share with others. In this way, they will store up for themselves a treasure which will be a solid foundation for the future, and then they will be able to win the life which is true life." Unquote. That's 1 Timothy 6, verses 18 and 19, TEV. In this age of materialism, true Christians all the more devote themselves to doing good works that will enhance their spiritual lives. They busy themselves with worshiping God and praising Him despite the troubles that may affect them. John 4.23, Psalms 42.11, giving their offerings, Hebrews 13.15 and 16, share their faith with their fellow men, Matthew 5.13-19, Psalms 40 verses 9 and 10, help edify their fellow Christians, 
as mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, among others. In doing so, they are assured of being provided with their daily needs. Again, I quote, This is why I tell you, do not be worried about the food and drink you need in order to stay alive, or about clothes for your body. After all, isn't life worth more than food? And isn't the body worth more than clothes? Instead, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and with what he requires of you. And he will provide you with all these other things. Unquote. That's Matthew 6, verses 25, as well as 33, TEV. Above all, they are assured of enjoying eternal rest in the kingdom of heaven. Quote, this calls for endurance on the part of God's people, those who obey God's commandments and are faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, happy are those who from now on die in the service of the Lord. Yes, indeed, answers the Spirit. They will enjoy rest from their hard work because the results of their service go with them. Revelations 14, verses 12 and 13. To find more articles like these, get your copy of God's Message magazine from a member of the Church of Christ. You can also find the podcast version on incmedia.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Brother Bob Pauline. God bless.